Jansen Harris here with the Combat Sports Podcast. Joining me is Coach Vinny the Vortex. Like always, we're going to break down these topics. We've got a UFC topic today. So finally, we, we finally started adding them. We're not just talking boxing. It's boxing and it's MMA. Again, a special shout out to our sponsors, Your Future Media, and also the Level One Game Room. Coach Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker, the first fight at UFC 243. I thought it was a pretty good fight. We saw Adesanya drop him in the first round at the end of the first round. I kind of like how he was swinging back and forth, landing different hooks. And he landed a right hook in the second round and then dropped him with a left hook. And that was really all she wrote. I thought his defense was good. His head movement was good. He, he was throwing that left kick, which it was partially blocked, but you could tell someone through and it kind of hurt him. First of all, do you think this is a good rematch to have? It's supposed to be made in January 2022. This is the fight Dana White wants to put on pay-per-view. Are you excited about those plans? Well, I'm not really 100% sure if I'm excited about it, but uh, Robert Whitaker has had to bring it. Um, he was bringing it to the first fight, but he really wasn't landing. He kept throwing the wild uh, right, and I thought maybe if he um, – I don't know, maybe d double jab or, or or threw some more straight kicks. And because you're right, um, Israel did have really good defense and he kept sliding back and, and he kept uh, catching it with the left hook when he was coming in. How, how do you think he's going to deal with his size? Because it looked like size was a problem for him. Israel, what I liked about him was he was just avoiding punches too. He, he was measuring him out. He was avoiding him to the left and the right. How can Whitaker overcome his size, or is it possible, or do you well, think it's just not going to happen? It's probably not going to happen because it's probably going to same thing that happened in the first fight. It's probably going to happen in the second fight, unless Whitaker, um, unless Whitaker tries to cut off the ring, throw more body shots, throw a couple of um, you know left like left jabs to the body and come up with the head, and, and try to set up the 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 two, the, the set up the cross a little better, and, and try to set up the rear. Um, hook with, with using jabs and double jabs and maybe even triple jabs. He just can't walk in here like he did last time because he kept missing some wild shots. He kept pretty much doing the same thing through the whole fight. Looking at it from Israel's point of view, it should be another payday. He's one of the top fighters, if not the top fighter in the UFC. What, what would be the game plan for him? Just basically do the same thing, hurt him with the head kicks, using his length. Is this really a dangerous fight for him? Is this the best fight that Dana White could present to him? Uh, you know, I guess you, I guess you have to give Whitaker another chance. You know what I mean? And um, if Whitaker, Whitaker is probably going to bring more energy, and there's going to be a little difference. So if he's he's probably going to be ready for him. He he, probably, he had all the confidence in the world because he knocked him out the first fight. So he's probably going to expect more from Whitaker, and that'd be good enough for him. You know, I, he'll be ready for him. Yeah, Whitaker, I agree, Coach. Whitaker needs to come out strong. He needs to win that first round. He he needs You need to hear some pop in the punch. There needs to be a moment where the crowd feels it and Israel feels his power. He, he needs to not leave himself open, too. Yes, I appreciate his aggression, but Israel was able to get clean punches. He needs to find a way to move his head more. If he can move his head more, if he can be more cautious on defense, which I'm not saying it's easy to do, 
I'm just throwing it out there, then he'll have an opportunity. But you cannot get hit with clean shots. That's what we saw in the first fight. He was getting hit with too many big shots. But it was an exciting fight. I could see how Dana White could look at this fight as profitable. When it first was announced, I was like, I don't know. But going back and watching it again, it was an exciting fight. If Hopefully, it could go into the championship rounds. But I think Israel has the advantage. But Whitaker, he, he needs to change things up. He needs to be cautious on defense if you're in his camp to survive out of those early rounds. If he keeps throwing punches and he keeps missing, he, he could potentially be finished in the first round this time. I, I think that Israel Adesanya would be looking to finish him in the first round and look and, and make that easy money. <laughs> but back to boxing, let's talk Evander Holyfield, one of the best heavyweights of all time. Should he fight again? Is it over for him? Does he have any business getting in the ring? Is it a money thing? Is it a popularity thing? Coach, what's your thoughts on Evander Holyfield fighting again, potentially? Well, you know, um, every time there's an MMA guy against a boxer, you know I have to go with the boxer. I have to go with the boxer. You know, um, that uh, the fight with Belfort, oh, my goodness. You know, he he bum-rushed Holyfield, knocked him off balance. Holyfield went down. Um, and then when he, before they stopped the fight, the guy was throwing a lot of punch. Holyfield really wasn't doing much, but I don't think Holyfield was hurt because – He's an MMA fighter. They don't know how to punch. Yeah, it it, it looked kind of weird to me. It looked like Holyfield, his facial expression was like, I thought I was going to win. I'm really disappointed. But the way he looked was like, okay, this, this fight looks fake. It looked fake. Like, okay, he dropped Holyfield? Really? It was an yeah. exhibition fight, really, even though they said it was a, a real match. You know, Um I think Holyfield, they didn't really, you know, it's benefit for, uh, what's it, Triller? Yeah. If, if an MMA guy wins, like the young guy wins over the old guy, it benefits them. But, you know, if it was, uh, if Holyfield really got a chance, I, I would say Holyfield, um, if he lost some weight, people say that he's too old, but he's a boxer. A boxer could, you know, completely destroy an MMA fighter most of the time. You know, so if there was a rematch, I don't know if anybody would want to see a rematch, but if Holyfield attacked him and threw sharper punches, it would have been a big, it would have been a different story. Would you rather see Holyfield potentially fight a Mike Tyson? Do you think that fight, they're, they're in serious talks. Do you think that's the next move for both Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield? And if you do, if they do fight, and would you be interested in watching it? Well, if they do fight, it's probably be an exhibition fight and where there's no winner, you know, no winner, no loser. And and what's the what's the purpose of watching a fight when there's gonna be no winner, no loser? You know what I mean? The the one with Tyson against Jones, that was really a joke. Oh, come on. You know, uh you know, they didn't even really try, I thought. Tyson didn't try, I thought Jones didn't try either, you know. It'd have been good if Jones wasn't moving so much and just Wail that Tyson, you know, a couple of times, see if Tyson could take a punch. You know? Absolutely, coach. I, I didn't think much of that fight either. Evander Holyfield versus Mike Tyson. I think that makes some money. People will have those thoughts. Oh man, what could happen the third time? But these are old men. I'm not trying to hate on Triller. Is it thriller thriller for doing what they're doing with these fights? Victor Beltfort, 
it looks like he wants Jake Paul. He wants Jake Paul, and he's talking about $25 to $30 million for the fight. That sounds crazy to me, but the stars are coming out. Hopefully, they can continue to make money. I'm not a big fan of some of this stuff, but yeah, if, if I guess Jake Paul, Victor Beltfort, Evander Holyfield, Mike Tyson, I think that fight will happen. Am I interested in seeing it? No. Am I going to watch it? Maybe, maybe not, because Tyson looked bad, Holyfield looked bad, but there's going to be more fights like this, unfortunately. Do, do you feel like it's bad for boxing? Well, you know what? I, I, I was really thinking at first that it was bad for boxing, but if people watch, you know what I mean? <laughs> if people are watching and people are excited about it, then I guess it's not bad for boxing. But if nobody watches and nobody cares, then it would just die and just blow away. You know what I mean? And then the real boxing could uh, take over. Well, it's, it, it never really went away. Boxing really never went away, you know? But I think the top fighters not fighting opened the door for these exhibitions and for people to pay attention to it when they really shouldn't pay attention to it at all. Okay, let's transition to Oscar Valdez. He had the high-profile victory against Miguel Burchelt, where he was a 3-1 to underdog. Robertson, Conciao, it, it, it looked like a, a lot of people's scorecards, they had it 114-113, them taking that point away. I think you thought that Valdez won that fight. I felt like it could have went either way. The guy maybe was a little bit too overconfident. Personally, I want to see a rematch. I think that that fight is worth a rematch. I thought Valdez got hit with a bunch of big shots. He underestimated his opponent. I felt like that fight was going back and forth. I thought it was a heck of a fight, though. He did seem distracted. He did seem that it bothered him, that people were calling him a cheater, a dirty fighter, that it's going to hurt his legacy. First, I want to say, do you feel like that fight, it should be a rematch? And second part of the question is, is Oscar Valdez a great fighter to you? Well, yes, this should be a rematch. If he's a great fighter, he's just tough. <laughs> I don't know about him being great. You know what I mean? He was taking a lot of shots. And um, and in the beginning, the guy kept hitting him with the double jab. I mean, the jab to come over with the cross. And he kept hitting him with him over and over. Then the guy started getting too confident. You know, he got confident. He was playing around. And then I think um, he just opened the door for Valdez to uh, get back into the fight and take control of it in, in the middle rounds and the later rounds. Absolutely. Look, Oscar Valdez, he's one of my favorite boxers. One reason I like him, he's exciting in the ring. Maybe his defense is questionable, but one thing about him people can't say, he doesn't run from anybody. He could take big shots. He gives out big shots as well, too. He'll take two to give one. That's what's great about Oscar Valdez. Is he a truly a great fighter? It's hard to tell with these guys if he's a great fighter. He has some great wins under his belt. He's undefeated. He's one of the best fighters on top rank right now. So I think the jury's still out for him. I do. I wouldn't be surprised if some people feel like he's a top 15 boxer, top 16 boxer. I'll give him that. Is he a top 10 boxer? Not right now. But if he gets the winner of Jamel Herring and... Shakur Stevenson, which they want to make that fight happen, hopefully in 2022 in a unification bout. They want to do that allegedly, according to according to Bob Arum. 
I don't know if that's going if that's realistically going to happen. Bob Arum did come out and say he wants the top guys to fight the top guys, but I do feel like Oscar Valdez is dangerous. If Shakur Stevenson beats Jamel Herring, which most people expect him to beat him, Jamel Herring, I, I just don't see it. I think Jamel Herring is good, but Shakur Stevenson, I think it's too athletic for him. He's too fast for him. And he's a little bit too old for, for Shakur Stevenson. I think Shakur Stevenson, he didn't look good in his last fight. However, he knows this is a big fight. He knows a world title's on the line. If he wants to continue to get championship caliber fighters in the ring with him, he's going to have to win. And he's probably going to call Oscar Valdez like he always does. That would be a huge fight if it happens. But I'm not convinced it'll happen. I think would get a rematch with Oscar Valdez and Robertson Conciao. I, I think that fight will happen before a Shakur Stevenson fight. I think Shakur will beat Herring. But I, I, I doubt they're next fight would be against each other in a unification battle. I doubt it. Just looking how boxing usually is, no way. Do you feel like that big fight is realistic to happen or it's a lot of smoke and mirrors with Bob Arum and top ranked type of game? I think smoke and mirrors. I think they should just uh, go back with have a rematch and because I think Valdez, um, the, the, the guy really thought he won the fight. You know, he was saying how he, you know, he completely, I thought, blew it. You know, he had a, him. When I, I look thought. at certain rounds, he he got confident because he got a feel. He was controlling. He he was he was in. He was commanding. He was the general. That's what he was at times. And and I see he got a little bit overconfident. He got to realize you're in front of Oscar Valdez's fans. This is a fight specifically that why the hell would Bob Arum want you to win this fight? This is the fight before the fight type of thing <laughs> yeah yeah so to me you can't be you're not in position unfortunately to be the cocky guy i'm not saying it's it's right that you have that working against you but it's boxing there is no way in hell you were you up you thought you were going to be up by three or four rounds no way no, no Box, boxing's not like that oscar valdez if if the tables were turned and Oscar Valdez was being the cocky when Oscar Valdez felt he won the fight. Probably would have got the fight split decision if it was if it was the other way around. But well, I would I would like to see a rematch because he gave Valdez some problems. If you look at Valdez's face, regardless yeah. of what the hell he said afterwards, he got beat up. The other guy didn't really look beat up that much, but he he landed some big shots on him. It was a close fight. I can I'm not mad if there's people out there who feel like the fight was a draw or a split decision. I don't it for the further for Conciao. I'm not mad about that. However, I'm not mad that Valdez won the fight. Personally, I want to see a rematch like you want to see a rematch, but that guy has to be more focused. He needs to be focused. He needs to take things seriously. He was dominating in the beginning of the fight. However, it's how you finish. And he didn't finish well in the 12th round. I don't know what him and his corner were thinking, him not being aggressive. Do you feel like that twelfth round really cost him? No, not the twelfth round. The earlier, the uh, late, not just the twelfth, like the like the ninth between the ninth and the twelfth. He even when he started getting cocky, you know, if you're gonna be cocky, throw punches. You know, don't just don't just stand on the outside and just start circling. You're not doing anything. You know, don't what are you staying out there and dancing? You're not scoring. So if at least if you're gonna be cocky, throw punches. You know, 
don't throw one punch and then like start dancing and think you're Mayweather or something. Just keep on going. Dominate him. Dominate him. Then you want to be cocky after the round? Then go ahead. But dominate him. Win the fight. You know, in, in his head, he thought he had it, which it seemed like he thought he had it after like the ninth round, the ninth and twelfth round. You know, yeah. dude, you're you're it, it was almost like um De La Hoya against Trinidad, you know, where where um De La Hoya had that big lead in that fight, huge lead. And he started uh, running in the, in the later rounds and Trinidad started pouring it on. And then Trinidad won the, won the fight when Oscar De La Hoya thought he had it. You know, were, and were he you didn't have it, but he stopped fighting. Were you, about that? were you shocked about that decision at the time with Trinidad and Oscar De La Hoya? Well, I was a Trinidad guy. You know what I mean? You know, I, I back then, I didn't really like the flashy guys too much. I like the guys that were in there swinging. You know, looking back at it, at those fights in De La Hoya, De La Hoya did throw, in most of his fights, he did throw punches. But in that fight, he, he started fade, not fading, but he started moving a little too much. You know, he, he was controlling him. You know, he was a little too fast for him. And then he just opened the door, you know, and that slid him, started getting his confidence going, and he started going on a roll, and then he won the fight. Same thing with this, same, same, almost the same kind of fight, I thought. Transitioning to Terrence Crawford. We've been talking about this fight for months. It seems like six months. It's official. November 20th. It's an ESPN pay-per-view top rank. He got the fight. And this is and this is interesting too. His last fight under contract with top rank. So boom, this is a big one. Maybe they could get him to resign. It's Terrence Crawford, who, depending on what list you want to listen to or network you want to listen to, some people think he's the best fighter. I've seen him, maybe the third best fighter, second, whatever. One of the top pound-for-pound pound great fighters, Terrence Crawford, against Sean Porter, who lost split decision to who split decision, yeah, split decision to Errol Spence Jr. He, he fought some of the top guys, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, Kel Brook, the list goes on. Are you, first of all, how excited are you that this fight's going to happen November 20th between Crawford and Porter? Well, I really can't believe it's going to happen. Uh, I'm really excited to see this fight, uh, even though I have an idea what I think is going to happen. You know, like uh, Crawford is just a great fighter, you know, and so is so is Porter. But Porter needs this win. He needs to win, you know, and he needs to win. I think Crawford needs to knock out. Uh, yeah, Coach, look, we talked about this off-air yesterday. Crawford needs a knockout. Crawford needs to come out there and dominate. This isn't one of those fights where, oh, well, let me just barely win, or yeah, Sean Porter was tough. That's what most people expect. Most people expect a 7-5, seven to, seven to five, something like that, where Crawford starts off slow, Porter wins the early rounds, middle rounds, he, he, he starts breaking them down a little bit. I want to see a knockout. I want to see him knock down Porter. I want to see him use his left and right hand, switch from southpaw to orthodox. I want to see him be that technician. This is a great opportunity for Terrence Crawford to send a message throughout boxing and say, hey, pay attention to me. I'm one of the pound-for-pound pound best fighters in my era. I should be on pay-per-view all these fights. PBC guys usually are running for me. They don't want nothing. Keith Thurman doesn't want it. Aaron Smith Jr. doesn't want it. Manny Pacquiao doesn't want it. The list goes on. Crawford needs a knockout. I don't want to see this be one of those boring. It can't be a boring fight. He needs to pick apart. Those middle rounds are going to be key. Pick apart Porter. 
I think the seventh, eighth round ish, you could see, ho- hopefully, we see, and we should see a knockdown, and maybe in the later rounds, a knockout. That's what I'm hoping to see. What are we most likely to see, in my opinion, is a tough competitive porter, land some big shots in the first four rounds, and then maybe Crawford, he's, he's picking and choosing his punches. But Crawford needs to break them down. It's probably going to be a seven to five fight, seven rounds for Crawford, five rounds for Porter. But it doesn't need to be that, coach. No. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't need to be that. I want to no. see a knockout. Yeah. If, if, it, and if, if I'm Porter, right. you've got nothing to lose. If I'm Porter, you got nothing. You, you go in there, <laughs> you bring your best effort. Maybe you get a knockdown. Because, yes, because yeah. he starts off slow sometimes. Crawford, I've seen him start off slow mm-hmm. with, with eh, eh type of fighters, decent fighters. Yeah, you know, I that seven. I think it was seven to five for Crawford. I think they both lose then, you know, because Porter needs a win, and Crawford needs an, at least a couple of knockdowns. You know, if you don't stop him, you know, okay, a couple of knockdowns because Porter is tough. At least knock him down twice, you know, knock knock him down. Uh, but if you stop him, you know, two knockdowns and a stop to me is pretty much the same. You dominate the crap out of him, and nobody dominates Porter, not really, you know. But Porter needs a win. He needs a win. Don't let Porter knock down Crawford. If Porter knocks down Crawford and Crawford still wins a split decision, then, well, then I'm saying that um, even though Porter would lose the fight, if Porter knocks him down a couple of times, that's really good for Porter. You know what I mean? And, and that, in that scenario, Porter loses the fight, but he still wins. You know what I mean? You know, when these guys are so close, even a loss, does it really affect them? Does it really affect their status, really, you know? Garcia, did, his losses, did it really affect his status? You know, he didn't win the big fights, but he still, I mean, I Porter, uh, Garcia, Garcia lost these big fights, but he's still Garcia. You know what I mean? It's like De La Hoya when he was fighting. De La Hoya lost some fights, but at the end of the day, he's still De La Hoya. It's not like, you know, um, you know, when I was a kid and somebody would lose a fight, you know, they would, they would lose a fight and some of these guys, the, their confidence would be shot. And that was it. They, there's no comeback when they lose their confidence. But with these guys, it seems like even after a loss, they're still they're still the men or still up there. You know, they don't they don't crumble. Great breakdown, coach. Before we end the broadcast and our producers didn't send this one in. But Canelo versus Plant. It's interesting because Plant and Andre Ward, who you're familiar with, you've seen him fight in his prime. I don't really think you were that impressed by him, but he's training with Plant. Is that gonna? Is that an advantage for? Is that an advantage for Plant, or it doesn't really matter? It's smoke and mirrors. Canelo seemed a little aggravated when saying, "Look, it doesn't matter. I'll fight both of them." Do you see this as being a good thing for Plant, or you don't really think it matters? Well, um, hopefully it helps him. Hopefully, you know it. It'll help him. But um, Canelo is, uh, you know. I hate to say this because I was never really a Canelo guy, but it seems like when he gets these big fights, he he takes it to a different level. You know, he's probably going to be doing what he always does, dodging the big punches and and throwing some serious body shots and, and controlling the fight from the from the from the beginning to the first round to the later round, unless he stops them in the later rounds. Great breakdown, uh, Coach. What makes Canelo so great? When you watch him on tape, when you're talking to young fighters and and, and guys just training, what does Canelo do that separates him from other fighters? Um, he does everything well. You know, he moves his head. 
He throws body shots. He does the angles. He's always under control. He doesn't panic. You know, um, he could he he could counter. He he pretty much does. Um, it's almost like when he fought um, Mayweather. It's like it's like he fought Mayweather when he was really young, and he's like after the loss, it just I don't know. It's like he got a hundred times better after the Mayweather fight. Yeah, I he guess. Was, yeah, he was pretty young at that. I will give, give him credit for taking that fight. He was pretty young. He tested his skills. Mayweather knew that, hey, Canelo's on the rise. Let me fight him now. It's a lot of money involved in that. And Canelo has got better since then. That fight is November 6th. So it looks like a bunch of pay-per-view fights coming up. First starting with Wilder and Fury. That's coming up. And then the, the Plant-Canelo fight. And then the Crawford Porter fight, which I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm shocked. Like you are coach. I, I didn't think the fight would happen either. I'm, I'm shocked about that. I, I, because PBC and, and top rank, they don't look like, or ever even give up the field. They really want to work together, but coach, before we exit, I promise it's the last one. Do you think Crawford will resign with Bob Arum and top rank? After the Porter fight, especially if he's successful in that one, you see him re-signing this fight saying, hey, we can give you more big fights. Or do you see him going to PBC and saying, hey, I'm, I'm coming here. So this it'll be easier to make these big fights happen. I don't know. It, it's kind of crazy. If he goes to PBC, it's like, is that almost like um, conflict of interest with PBC? They have all these fighters and they're fighting each other. It's like, you can't lose. Wait a minute. What are you you know, it's like you're having um, you have two people on the contract fighting each other. You know, so what are you gonna have? Like, uh, you have the top fighters fight each other. When they lose, they'll fight the other one, and it'd be like a round robin tournament or something where everybody gets paid and everybody keeps it in house. I think Look, it might be it's better, better than not getting the fights right. happen, right? It's better than these big fights not happening because because that's what guys have been hiding behind. Oh well, I don't work for this company. We want to keep it within the company. Well, he goes to PBC. There's no excuse, right? Well, you know what? That even saying something like that, there should be an investigation. You know what I mean? Let's keep it in house. What is it? This sounds like it's illegal. You know what I mean? Well, you know what? Come over here. We could um have you fight the top fighters. Stay over there, and you'll be isolated. Doesn't even seem right. You know, it seems like there should be an investigation on something like that. So you you have to come over here. So it's like almost like um so with Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, Don King promoted a fight, but it wasn't like there were Don King fighters. You know what I mean? Late, later with Don King and like Holmes and Page and Dokes, he had those fighters. That's almost like PBC now, where those guys didn't fight each other. But before that, you know, it, it, you know, uh, Foreman and Frazier and Ali, they weren't in the same group. They weren't in the same, you know, uh, so they weren't like in the same box. They weren't like boxing buddies like the, the stuff is now. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Coach Vinny the Vortex, thanks for joining me. Like always, we're going to get this once a week. This podcast is going to come out. We finally gave him some MMA stuff. MMA UFC, they've been asking for it. It's been in the emails. They've been complaining. Like, what the hell are you guys doing? So, so we're, we're giving them some stuff. I promise you, Coach Vinny the Vortex, even for the MMA guys, the karate guys, he can teach you guys how to punch. Teach you guys how to punch. Hit us up on the, the Coach Vinny the Vortex Facebook page. Check out some of the videos. Hit us up for pricing. Also, donate to the Just Good Network internship program. Cash app Jansen and two E's at the end of that. 
I tried to make that make sense and go visit our GoFundMe. Just Good Network, donate to the process. But again, thanks for joining us. We want to thank our sponsors, Your Future Media, Level One Game Room, and Got Skills Pro for assembling handyman services in Atlanta, Georgia. Visit GotSkillsPro.com.